don't give the enemy a seat at your table. And uh, what we're talking about is we're all going through a book together as a church. And if you're new or uh, you don't have this book, it's fine. The uh, sermons are kind of loosely based on what we're going through this week is chapters 6 and 7. But then we go into our small groups, and those are the things we discuss. And so, like, for example, for our men's group, and if you're a man here and you would like to just join a group of men kind of just navigating their faith, we meet here on Tuesday nights at 6.30. So you're welcome to join us. You don't need to have the book. Uh, We just get together and we talk about uh, what's going on. Uh, But it's the subtitle is, It's Time to Win the Battle of Your Mind. And so this morning, what I want to talk about are pathways and strongholds. Uh, For those of you who know our family story, our son has epilepsy, and uh, he began to have seizures at about eight years old, and uh, those continued to get um, uh, more frequent and uh, more uh, intense, and so uh, as we we went to the neurologist, and we went to the epileptologist, and we did all these things, the, the goal is to get seizure control so that your brain doesn't develop these pathways so that your brain just defaults to a seizure. And so that's why they take medication to calm the brain down, to try to uh, block some of those um, pathways so that the the first thing that the brain, when it gets angry or gets uh, into its state of wanting to have a seizure, it doesn't go down that pathway. And so that's really easy for all of us to understand. Uh, Anyone who knows any little bit about the brain knows that we develop these pathways. But what I want to talk about this morning are the pathways that you and I develop, that we keep going down over and over and over again. And my hope at at the end of uh, this morning, at the end of this sermon, is that you begin to think of your mind a little different. And so your brain right now and my brain right now really decides who we are or we decide with our brain who we are. The habits that we get into happen because of our brain. The things that we just blurt out of our mind happens because of our brain. If you're driving down the street and uh, you get cut off and automatically you lose one hand off the steering wheel and so you don't have, you just have two, you don't have ten, right? That happens because of a pathway in your brain, okay? Some of you are like, I don't know what you mean. Well, you are a very good person. And so what I wanted to do this morning was just take a look at our brains and, um, and analyze them a little bit to see what uh, state they're in this morning. And I stole this idea from another pastor, um, but it, it kind of gives us a little just test. And so, like, for example, this morning or during the week, is your brain typically at worry or is it at peace or where is it on the spectrum. And so you might think to yourself, uh, you wake up in the morning and you are just worried about work. You don't know if you're going to have a job. You don't know what's going on. You're worried about your kid. You're worried about the economy. You're worried about the state of your car or whatever it is. Or you've kind of gotten to a place and maybe your walk with Jesus or maybe you've just gotten to a place where you actually wake up in the morning or you go throughout your day and you're doing pretty good. And so you might be at you know, somewhere along here. Here's, here's another one. Negative or positive? <laughs> when you are in a situation or you see a person or whatever, do you think, 
automatically negative. That, that person doesn't know what they're talking about or that situation. They could have done this so much better. They could have done, you know, they could have done, he could have preached way better. Whatever it is, negative <laughs> or positive. He's the best preacher I've ever heard. Oh, no, I was just playing around, right? And so your brain, so you might, you might be kind of up there towards the peace, but, but you're, but you're kind of negative. Here's another one. Do you think about culture or do you think about the eternal? Is it all about like, do I, do I have the right outfit on? Do I have the right hairstyle? Do I look cool? Which tattoo do I get? How do I do my earrings? Like whatever it is, like is culture the thing? What are people going to think about me? Am I old-fashioned? Am I, am I hip? Am I this or am I that? Or is it the eternal? What kind of dad am I? What kind of mom am I? What kind of friend am I? How am I going to serve? Because those things last forever when we see Jesus. He says, well done, good and faithful servant. These are eternal things. So where's, where's my brain in all of that? And then fear or free. Our culture is based on fear and outrage at this particular moment. And uh, so you can easily get fearful about lots of different things. Fear happens when you know something and you don't know the outcome of something. And so uh, if you, you, you wouldn't have no fear about China, right, if you didn't know there was a country called China. But because you know and because you're involved in the news and all these kind of things, you might fear What's China going to do? What's Russia going to do? Or are you free in that, hey, there's nothing I can control in this fear. And as a matter of fact, I think I heard in the Bible that perfect love casts out fear. And so am I focused more on Jesus? And so, you know, I don't know what that means for you. It's not, it's not science, okay? But you might just say, you know what, I could, I could, I could work a little bit on that. I could... I I'm way too negative with my kids. Maybe I could be more positive. And so it all just kind of gives you a little mental map. Well, these things create those neural pathways in our mind. And the analogy I want to use is if you have a beautiful front yard in your house, okay? Or you're in a f beautiful field, okay? And if every day, if your car is on the street and every day you walk in the middle of your front yard or you need to get to somewhere and you walk in that field in the same place every day back and forth, you are going to create a path. And that path, it's going to be difficult for things to grow on because you're trampling it on all the time. And the reality is if you think of a home and you think of this beautiful front yard, and you think of, well, when that front yard was built, they put a sidewalk around the front yard, onto the driveway maybe, and then you go to your car. And that, if you follow the sidewalk, you don't put those paths in there. Now imagine you have this front yard and you want it to be beautiful. And maybe we even were to say, because we're talking about the 23rd Psalm, those are the green pastures that your heavenly father wants you to lie down in. A healthy mind are the green pastures that your Heavenly Father wants to help you to lie down in. And it becomes difficult when we have all these pathways we've created in our minds, worry and fear, negative thoughts, these different things, insecurities. We have these pathways that we go down, and it messes up the field that the Lord wants us to lie down in. Now, we're going to look at... Uh, 
two verses that we ended last week on. We ran out of time last week, and so we're, we're going to kind of pick up from last week. And if you didn't hear last week, you can listen to uh, it on the app or on our website. Uh, but um, the, the, we ended with two verses, and they're key to talking about these pathways and to talk about what I want to talk about this morning. And it goes this way. The mind governed by the flesh is death. So I just want you to, I'll show this verse in a second. That's the death side. That's the life and peace side, okay? So it says this. The mind governed by the flesh is death. So if you're governed by your flesh, what I'm going to wear, what I'm going to eat, what I, what, who I am I, what does my body type look like, that ends in death. If you are negative and you're thinking, I wish my kids would be better, I wish my husband was better, my wife was better, my boss was better, those negative thoughts that just kind of, you just allow your mind to be governed by those things. If you allow your mind to be governed by fear, your social media algorithm is a uh, 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 fear based thing, fear-based thing, fear-based thing, and you just keep going to the next one, next one, next one, your mind will be governed by that fear. If, if, you're, if you allow your mind to be governed by worry, you're going to make those paths like as hard as rock of worry. That's going to be the first thing you do is you go down the worry path. You go down the fear path. You go down the negative thought path. Okay. So that's a mind governed by the flesh. That's death. But a mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. A mind governed by the spirit, that means you're following the pathway that was designed. Now, it might take you longer to get to your car. <laughs> and it might, it might not be the, the, the quickest way to go. But this mind governed by the spirit says, okay, no, no. We're going to go this way first. Then we're going to go this way, and then we're going to go that way, so that you have a field, a green pasture that you're able to lie down in, a peaceful mind, a still mind, without these pathways. So a mind governed by the flesh is death. A mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. Now, l last week we went from this Romans and we jumped to Thessalonians because this is where we really want to sit uh, this week. Do not quench the spirit. In other words, the spirit has instructions for you to where to walk. Don't go down the path of worry. Don't do that. Don't go down the path of fear. But quenching the spirit means we snuff it out and we go, I'm doing my own thing anyway. I'm going to listen to my own, the, these voices that I've listened to online and uh, uh, in my family. And I was told from when I was very little that I wouldn't amount to anything. I'm going to listen to those voices that I haven't amounted to anything. I never will. I'll always be alone. I'm always going to live in fear. I'm always going to be uh, dumb or whatever it is. I'm going to follow those. And the Holy Spirit says, no, 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 follow this path. It doesn't have to be that way. And we, we quench it. So. It says, don't quench the spirit or despise prophetic utterances. In other words, don't be afraid to hear something different than you're used to hearing all the time. Don't go down that path, is basically what he's saying. But examine everything carefully. Where did that thought come from? Why, why do I always go down this particular path? Why is it always negative for me? Why is it always fearful for me? Why am I always worrying? Examine it. Is that even true, what I believe? 
And these neural pathways could start when you were just a little kid. This is where racism and stereotypes come from oftentimes. We were told something as a little kid, and then we just kept repeating it, repeating it, repeating it, repeating it, repeating it. And that's where the, our stereotype comes from. We keep feeding that narrative, feeding it, feeding it, feeding it. I keep coming back to the social media algorithms because that's what they're designed for. If you have a certain bent, that's the video that's going to keep hitting you all the time. Examine that video. Examine it carefully. What is it trying to say? Is it trying to say millennials are lazy? Is it trying to say boomers are stupid? What, what, I mean, what is the video that keeps coming? They know the algorithm. Examine it. Something might need to change. Maybe you're going down the wrong path. So that's what he says. So then, so we're going to look at, uh, we're going to spend the majority of our time in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And uh, just to give you a little uh, idea of what's happening, Paul has written uh, a letter already to the Corinthians, and he's visited them. And they're accusing him that he writes really strong words, but when he shows up, He's, he's kind of timid, and he's not going to really do anything. And what Paul is trying to say, what Paul is saying in this section of Scripture, he's actually uh, not talking about his own thought life. He's talking about arguments and things that go against the truth. Okay? And that's what he's, ta that's what he's talking about. Now, it applies to our thought life, which is why I'm going to talk about it uh, this morning. And it applies very, very uh, distinctly. And here's what he says. He says, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. We might live in the world, but we don't wage war that way. If there's something outrageous in the world, we don't use the weapon of outrage. If there's something um, that is fearful in the world, we don't use the weapon of fear. As a matter of fact, uh, he, this apostle, Paul, he talks, he wrote another letter to a church in Ephesus, and he talked about this, um, this idea that we are actually clothed like a warrior, that we have a helmet of salvation. We have a breastplate of righteousness. We have our loins girded in the truth. We have a shield of faith. We have boots that are uh, the gospel of peace, the preparation of the gospel of peace. And then we have this other weapon called the sword of the spirit. So you could almost read it like this. For though we live in the world, we don't wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with, our shield of faith and our sword, are not weapons of the world. And so you're not going to find the answer oftentimes to the path that you have gone down again and again and again and again from the world. You're not going to find it in a situation where you're like, hey, I'm going to go on Google and read the top 10 ways to deal with my fear. There might be some truth in that. But in fact, it's going to be from the word of God, which is why we meet on Sunday morning. It's just as a group of us to hear the word of God and to say, how do I apply that to my life? That's the weapons that we fight with. We fight with the word of God. And so I'm going to show you at the end of this sermon some lies that happen in our lives and how we can combat those lies with the word of God. Um, 
And so he says, the, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. We're not going to use anger. We're not going to use worry. We're not going to use fear. We're not going to use outrage. We're not going to try to get our way. Those are all the weapons of our culture. We're not going to use those. Uh, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have, these are the weapons that we use, our shield of faith, which is more of a defensive thing, but you can also use it as a weapon if you ever saw Gladiator. Okay, um, right, so you got your shield of faith, you got your sword of the spirit. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish this word strongholds. And I, I want to just take my path analogy just a little bit farther. Imagine if you have this green pasture and then you go down the same pathway again and again and again and again. And now there's no grass there and now it's compact and now you start cementing over it <laughs> and you start building a wall like this is your jam anger worry fear lust those are the things you just go down it that's it and now it's become a stronghold in your life it started maybe when you were a little kid as one little decision and then you just kept going down that path going down that path going down that path, and now it's a stronghold. Let me just tell you, for those of you who have strongholds right now in your life, and you know what they are, you can be victorious over your stronghold. If it's anger, you can be victorious over anger. If it's lust, you can be victorious over lust. If it's an addiction, you can be victorious over that addiction. If it's fear, you can be victorious over that. The weapons we fight with, our shield of faith and our sword of the spirit, the word of God, are mighty to demolish strongholds. Here's a, uh, this is what Paul would have been talking about. This is just the ancient wall. Uh, a lot of times those strongholds will go down about 20 feet. They'll build this mighty base as you would if you were laying a foundation for a home or a wall or something like that. And they're just, and they take a long time to build. And oftentimes they take a long time to destroy. But they can be. And so they can be destroyed. And so what he says is, uh, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against. Now, you would think if Paul was saying arguments and every pretension that sets itself up, you'd think it says up against me, up against my life. I, I, I need some arguments. I'm going to, if someone is arguing or the enemy is trying to tell me something, uh, I, I want, I want to know what the argument is. I want to know how to demolish that argument. If the enemy says I'll always be alone, I want to know, you know, what, what is that? But watch what it says. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. So your perspective of how, of who God is is going to have a big impact on your strongholds. If you think he's holding out on you, if you think he's set up something for your life where you, you, he's just like, no, that's not for you. I don't want you to have a fulfilled life. I don't, I don't want you to have any fun. I don't want you to do any of that. That's going to have a big impact on your stronghold because you're going to be afraid to tear down that wall because you're going to think, if I have, don't have that wall, I don't know what I'm going to do. That wall is what's protecting me. And as we saw in Romans, no, no, no. To be governed in your mind by the flesh doesn't protect you. That's not life and peace. Your walls are not life and peace. That is death, the Bible tells us. And 2 Corinthians is telling us 
We have the weapons we need to demolish these strongholds that set themselves up against the knowledge of God. That God does have your back. That he is in control. That even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you fear no evil because he is with you. Even if he's silent, it doesn't mean he's absent. So, we, we have these weapons, right? So then what's our job? If we have the weapons and it's the knowledge of God, what's our job? And he goes on and he says this. We take captive every thought. That's why I brought this little stool. If you'll just uh, use your imagination, okay? So uh, imagine, I don't know if you've ever analyzed your own thoughts. Oftentimes, we just take our thoughts for granted. That's why we create pathways. Oh, yeah. How do you respond when someone cuts you off? Oh, you, you gesture or you, you know, whatever, honk, whatever. That's just the path. That's just what you do. But have you ever analyzed, like, why do you even feel that way? Like, why do you even feel upset when someone cuts you off? Like, why, why would that make you upset? And so, let's say... And this is, what, this is why I was so excited about this sermon this week. I want you analyzing your thoughts this week. I want you to take every thought captive. And so you get cut off, right? And uh, all of a sudden, you're driving and you go, uh, typically you lay on the horn or do whatever. And you go, wait, hold on, wait a second. And you grab that thought. And you do like, um, I don't know if, uh, for those of you who are my Gen X, we were all into 24, right, Jack Bauer? Okay. So he, he had this famous line he'd say every time, who are you working for, right? That's what he'd say all the time. So you imagine, you, you get upset, and you grab that thought, and you put it down in this chair, and you zip tie its hands to the back, and you say, who are you working for? <laughs> right? Why, why, why did you come into my mind? Why am I upset right now? You got him back here. What's your name? And he says, uh, oh, my name's Entitlement. And you bring me everywhere. You're the one who, who put me in the car. You, you think you're entitled to the space between the front of your car and the back of the other car. You're in, I'm Entitlement. That's my name. And you say, well, how did you get into my life? And I go, well, you were born with me. <laughs> if you were in America, right? You're American, right? It's part of your citizenship. You get entitlement. And so you begin to think, oh, my goodness. This thought is entitlement. Like, it has nothing to do with the person who cut me off at all. I took that thought captive, and I found out what was going on. Maybe... Maybe you, you, you have quit your job or you're upset or whatever. And you're like, gosh, I hate my boss. I hate my boss. Wait a minute. I can't hate my boss. So you grab that thought, put it in the chair, zip tie his hands behind his back. Who are you? What's your name? I'm victimhood. I, I, why are you here? I'm here so that you don't have to take responsibility for how your life turns out. So I, that's why I'm here. You know why I'm here. I play the victim. You play the victim. So you don't have to. You, remember when we used your family of origin thing? Remember when we used that? 
Remember when we used how everyone was against you? Like, that's, that's why I'm here. You go, oh, man, all my relationships end up in, in ha- maybe I'm the problem. You just took every thought captive. You're getting to the, you're getting to the bottom of it. Entitlement, victimhood. Maybe you go, I am so upset right now. I am so upset at my spouse. Okay, why am I upset about it? Grab that thought. Zip tie it behind the chair. What's your name? I'm not going to tell you. You're going to tell me. I'm going to torture you. I'm not going to say anything. I'm not gonna, I want to say anything. You, I swear I'll, you know, torture you. Okay. I, I'm not really good at this. Anyway. <laughs> so, what's your name? Oh, my name is Expectations. Every time you schedule a meeting, you invite me, you do a doodle, and I sign up, and I say, yeah, I'll be at that meeting. Oh, yeah, no, I'll be in that relationship. You sign me up for all your relationships. I'm always here. See, when it comes time to go down a path, you have certain grooves and certain expectations that you have. I'm just, I'm just one of those. What, what, what's the big deal? Oh, it might be my expectations, right? You're going down a certain path. Thought comes into your mind. Oh, maybe I should order that thing, do that thing, go into debt, whatever, click that, watch that, do that. You go, okay, okay what's going on? Who, who are you? What's your name? Well, my name's your appetite. You haven't learned to control me. And so we just go down the same path every single See what I'm saying? See, isn't that different than just why do I keep doing this again? We have to go back, back farther than just the path. Why did you even notice the path? Who's talking, who's chirping in your ear? Is it, is it your unmet expectations? Is it victimhood? Is it entitlement? What, 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 what's going on? What is it? And we, we take that thought captive and we go, no. Because what we do then is we take that thought. I won't take anything captive anymore. I'll put it over here. We take that thought and we do what? We make it obedient to Christ. Honestly. We think about ourselves. Why is anger just welling up in me? Well, what, what, is, what, is, what does the word of God say? Oh, be angry but do not sin. Right? Oh, man. I have all these expectations about people around me. And I, well, have you verbalized them to those people? Like, hey, let's, let's take some steps backwards. You found yourself on the path. What got you there? Oh, I was on Instagram. Every time I go down this path, I was on Instagram first. You took it captive and you figured it out. And now you're going to make it obedient to Christ. Why, why, do I, why do I always feel like nothing works out for me? Oh, I, I, I'm a victim all the time. When was the last time I took responsibility for my actions? I'm going to go back to that part and see how I did that and create a new path, the one that Christ has, the spirit of God, which is life and peace. And yes, you'll get to your destination. And yes, it might take you longer than you would have otherwise. So what I want to do, because um, I think these are just some of the lies that we hear. 
some of the ways that, that, that those thoughts come in and that we have to take them captive. Now, I just want to warn you real quick. We're going to go over a bunch of these. And some of the verses I've used, I've just pulled out of the Bible, right? Like, there's no context. There's no nothing. It's almost like proof texting. What I'm telling you now is I could preach a six-week ser- series on every single one of these lies. So I just didn't have the time to do that, and you got to get to a brunch. So we're not going to do that to you, okay? So and some of you men need to go home and clean a house. All right. Here we go. I'm alone. I'm alone. Or I'm alone, or, or there's no one like me. I'm the only one struggling, okay? That is a lie. That's from the flesh, from the enemy, whatever you want to talk about it. That's not true. That's not true. So if you find yourself sitting there going, I'm alone, you have to take that thought captive, put it in a chair and go, who are you? Why are you here and who are you working for? Here's what the Bible says, because we have weapons to demolish these strongholds in our life. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or tremble at them. In this case, it was uh, tr- the Israelites trying to enter the promised land, okay? And so it just, it, the, basically we could say it this way for kind of Americanize it. Do, do, do not be afraid at your circumstances, although they seem overwhelming, okay? For the Lord your God is the one who goes with you. He will not fail or forsake you. You are not alone. You might feel alone. That's different than the lie of I am alone. That makes sense. All right. Number two, I need to have things my way. (laughs) Okay. This is one of the lies that I tell myself all the time. I need to have things my way. Um, Okay. Let's just skip that one. No, I'm just kidding. All right. I'm I'm playing around because there's one that's really me that's coming up. Okay, so we'll do this one and then we'll skip that one. Okay, Philippians 4, uh, uh, 4, 12 through 13. I know what it is to be in need. I don't have to have it my way. And I know what it is to have plenty. Okay, so in other words, I've experienced most things in life is what Paul's saying. I have learned the secret of being content, uh uh-oh, uh-oh, in any and every situation. In other words... I do not have to have it my way. Jesus didn't have it his way. Paul didn't have it his way. I don't need to have it my way. I might have a certain way we're supposed to run the country. I don't need to have it my way. I might have a certain way I think we're supposed to organize the utensil drawer. I don't have to have it my way. I have a certain way that everything's supposed to work out at church every Sunday perfectly. Like, in other words, the Internet's not supposed to go down this morning. Okay, but in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. And the reason I know he gives me strength, going back to the first question, I'm not alone. He is with me. Number three, I'll never be victorious. You might have a stronghold in your life right now. Worry. You just always, always worry. You think to yourself, why wouldn't you worry? I've worried my whole life. And my life has turned out pretty good. Worry works, okay? I don't know. What you don't need to worry. You don't need to live in fear. You don't need to be captive by lust. You don't need to have that addiction. I'll never be victorious. Oh, death, where is your victory? 
1 Corinthians says, Oh, death, where is your sting? The sting is the, uh, of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through Jesus Christ. Another one. It's too late. Some of you started your faith. Some of you have been through some issues in your life and you've lost. Maybe a family, maybe some relationships. And that the loss that you've sensed and that feeling of, of mistakes, you say, I can't ever get that back. That is a lie. If you have one year left in your life, it is worth it to follow him with all your heart. And I'm looking out. You guys have at least a year and a half. All right. It's too late. Yet even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart. And with fasting, weeping, mourning, and listen to this, and rend your heart, not your garments. In other words, don't just make it a show. Don't just raise your hand. Take this seriously. And return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in loving kindness and relenting of evil. It is not too late for you. It is not too late. It's all up to me. Okay, this was the one. This is mine. Okay, this is my big one. It's all up to me. And here's the problem with all up to me. What it does is it marries responsibility and shame. So it's all up to me. It didn't quite work out the way I thought. I messed up, right? So this is, this is the problem with your strength of responsibility. It also carries with it a shame that goes along. Oh, that didn't turn out the way I thought it was. Man, I, we worked so hard on that and everything. Oh, we had everything. Oh, it didn't work out. Oh, I'm a failure. Watch this. It's all, it's all up to me. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord. It is not up to you. You do what you do, and you do the best you can, and then it's up to the Lord. Because watch what happens. Whose confidence is in him. They'll be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its root by its stream. It does not fear when the heat comes, when the heat comes, when it doesn't work out the way you want. It, its leaves are always green, no matter what, regardless of the outcome. It has no worries <laughs> in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. That's the truth. It's not all up to you. Here's one. God is holding out on me. Ooh, this is a big one, right? Maybe you're looking for a relationship. Maybe you're looking for a marriage. Maybe you're looking for something else, and you think to yourself, oh, man, I, I'll never get married. I'll never have kids. You know, we're celebrating Mother's Day. For some, Mother's Day is a painful reminder. They want kids but can't have them or is, aren't married or whatever the issue is. He's holding out on you. That if you follow his path, right, to a way to get to where you're going, that it just takes too long. And that he's holding out. Second Peter 1.3 says this. Seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness. We have it now. It is not based on our circumstances. Through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. I need to take the quick way out is another lie. I need to satisfy this need right now. I, I, I have this appetite. I want to just satisfy it right now. Second, First Corinthians says this, no temptation is overtaking you, but such is common to man. In other words, there are people, as the worship band comes back up, 
There are people who have gone through the exact same temptation. There is a way out. As you step down that path, you don't have to keep following it all the way to the end. You look around, you go, how did I get in the middle of this right now? And you go back and you take that thought captive, you set it down, you zip tie his arms, and you go, where did you come from? What, what is going on here? And you begin to use the word of God to make that thought obedient to Christ. If you notice, every single one of these lies has a corresponding verse that makes that lie obedient. What we're going to do is uh, we're going to just take a time. Uh, Melody's going to lead us in one final song. And um, we'll, we have these, uh, if you want to come to the altar and pray, and maybe for some of you, as we take this time of reflection, uh, if you don't feel comfortable coming up, that's totally fine. You can stay in your seat. But other people like to come forward as just a, as a posture of humility. And maybe it's a stronghold that you're going through. Or something that's just, and you just want to come and lay that at the altar. Here. Maybe it's uh, a pathway that you've noticed. If you look into your mind, you think, I mean, I've been going down this path quite a bit of times. And it's beginning to look like there's a rut there. I need to stop that now. Maybe, maybe you do that. Maybe it's a lie that the Holy Spirit told you you've been told your whole life. And it's time to address that and say, no, 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 I'm, I'm not going to follow that. Also, if there's something you're going through special or what have you, we have people who are praying by this cross here, and they'll just lay hands on you and pray for you. And uh, if you want something more, I'm just... Uh, the body of Christ taking care of each other. And then finally, if um, we have these connection cards in the front of the seat, uh, in the seat in front of you, and uh, we'd love to just get your information. If you've been coming to church here for a long time, just write your name. We'll, we already have all your info. Um, if you want to use the app and just check in with us, we'd love to have you do that too. And for some of you, this is the week you give, and so uh, you can prepare that offering or whatever, and there's a box back on your way out with the connection cards and offering goes. Let me pray for us. Lord Jesus, thank you for wanting to control our minds, for wanting to create green pastures in there that we can lay down in, that we can lay down in peace and in freedom and in positivity, Lord, as we take these thoughts captive Put them up to the word of God and make them obedient so that we can finally get control. Now in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I pray you would go in his peace, in his strength, and in his love. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great week, and we'll see you next Sunday.